Welcome to the listener's commentary on the New Testament. Your guide is pastor and theologian Dr. John Whitaker, and the heart behind these studies is to help you better understand the text of Scripture so you can more fully live it out. It's all about helping you learn and live the Bible. Here is the book of Galatians. Welcome to the listener's commentary on Paul's letter to the churches of Galatia. In this series of recordings. We're going to be doing a detailed study through that letter to help you understand it and understand some of the implications of it as we go. And in this session, we want to begin by talking about the backstory to the letter, because every letter has a backstory. Whether an ancient letter or a modern letter, there's a relationship between the sender and the recipient. There's something that motivated the writing of the letter. There's some reason why they're apart. There's some issue that's needing to be addressed. Every letter, every email, even every text correspondence, there's a backstory to that uh, communication. And the same is true with biblical letters. And thus, there's a backstory. And that backstory has to do with who are the recipients? Who's the sender? What's the story that motivated this, the situation that motivated this writing? And in the case of Galatians, we know quite a bit and have quite a bit to say about that situation and that backstory. So let's jump in. Who's the sender? Who's the author of the letter? And in this case, it's the Apostle Paul. In fact, uh, though there is some dispute among scholars about some of Paul's letters, there's little to no dispute about the letter to Galatians. It's one of those letters in Paul's writings where virtually everyone agrees that Paul wrote Galatians. And so um, Paul is the author. He's the sender of this letter. Who are the recipients? Well, the recipients you can read in Galatians 1.1 are the churches, notice that plural, churches, of Galatia. Um, so this was written to a handful of churches in some place called Galatia. So where is Galatia? Well, Galatia in the first century was uh, a Roman province that uh, basically ran right through the heart of modern-day Turkey from north to south. Um, there was that section of land right in the middle of modern-day Turkey. That province was deemed by the Roman government as Galatia. Um, and Paul first entered the region of Galatia on his first missionary journey. The churches that he planted on that journey uh, were in Cyprus and the southern portion of Galatia. And so the churches at Pisidian, Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, Derbe, places like that, those cities are in the political region of Galatia. Um, and, and so when we say, who are the recipients? Well, we're, we're talking about some group of churches in the province of Galatia. There's been some debate historically as to exactly which churches we're talking about. I think that uh, debate is increasingly old news and old data. Um, it used to be very customary for scholars to say, oh, it's the churches in the northern section of Galatia. Um, and that was motivated largely because that was the view of the uh, church fathers. Like, unanimously, the church fathers just assumed that the churches being written to in the letter to the Galatians were the churches of North Galatia. The reason the early church fathers did that was because by their time, by their day and age, only that northern section was called Galatia. The southern section had been kind of re... The boundary lines had been redrawn and the, 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 the prov provincial names had been changed. And so 
those churches that were started on the first missionary journey were no longer uh, in the region of Galatia by the time of the second century and beyond. And so the early church fathers just assumed, oh, these are to the churches, these, this letter's written to the churches of Galatia. Well, Galatia is only the northern section. Um, but we now know that Galatia included the southern section in Paul's day. And since we have no record of Paul ever starting churches in the north, we um, don't know when those churches got started and how they got started. And Paul seems to have little to no relationship with those churches in the north. Um, it's best to assume that the churches of Galatia are those churches that Paul started on his first missionary journey in South Galatia. So the churches in Pisidian, Antioch, Iconia, Lystra, Derby, maybe Pamphylia, and some of those places, that's Galatia. And it's probably those churches that Paul is addressing in this letter. So it's a circular letter to a group of churches that Paul started on his first missionary journey. Now, when was the letter to Galatians written? And again, we're not 100% certain. There is a lack of clarity exactly on that. It really boils down to this issue. Is the letter to Galatians written before the Jerusalem conference that's recorded in Acts 15? The date for the Jerusalem conference is approximately AD 50. So is it written before 50 or is it written after 50? And the reason for that being such a key question is because in Galatians chapter 2, 1 through 10, Paul describes an event there, uh, really a gathering of the church leaders in Jerusalem that sounds very much like the Jerusalem conference, but scholars uh, don't agree on whether that's the event that's being referred to. And so some scholars say, well, no, that's not the event. That's not the Jerusalem conference of Acts 15. That's a different meeting in Jerusalem. And so they'll put it before uh, AD 50. They typically date it around 49 and say it's Paul's earliest letter that he ever wrote. Other scholars are like, well, no, it seems pretty obvious that the event described in Galatians chapter 2, 1 through 10 is the Jerusalem conference mentioned in Acts chapter 15. And thus this letter has to be written after that event. And so they'll put it sometime after AD 50, um, usually anywhere between 54 and 57. And and say, okay, that's sort of the range, but we don't know exactly when it was written. And so, personally, I'm in the latter camp. We'll talk about that more when we get to uh, Galatians chapter 2. You'll hear the reasons why I think that event is the Jerusalem conference recorded in Acts 15. Uh, but for the, our purposes here, I would put the letter to Galatians as written after AD 50, and from there, I kind of shrug my shoulders and say I'm not exactly sure when in Paul, the timeline of Paul's life, it actually shows up. Could be as early as maybe 51 or 52, could be as late as 57. I'm not 100% certain. Uh, there's a lot of overlap in thought between Galatians and Romans, so maybe he was writing them around the same time, which would push it later, 57-ish or so. But I don't really know. And again, it's not 100% certain. It's not 100% clear. I am pretty certain that that event in Galatians 2 is the Jerusalem conference, and so I think it's best just to date it sometime after A.D. 50, maybe around 53 or 54, but we don't really know for sure. Now, what's the, what's the circumstance? That's really the key thing. What motivates this writing? And let me just say, before we dive into the details of that, um, it's really important for us to figure that out, and the chief strategy for you figuring it out 
is to read through the whole letter in one sitting and to imagine that you're like sitting in a you know, family room, a living room, sitting in a room with somebody who's on a phone call and they're replying to issues, right? Um, and you, by reading their letter can, or by listening to their conversation, you figure out what's going uh, on on the other side of the line, right? So as you read through Galatians, you've got a picture, okay, Paul's replying to things. What does that say about the issue on the other side? What's going on on the other side of the letter there in Galatia? And as you do that, you begin to put together a little picture of, oh, I see, I see, I see. And then, you know, scholars with their education, their knowledge of the culture and all that, they can add in some details. But it begins simply by reading through the letter and beginning to hear um, exactly what's going on and what, what Paul is addressing. And when we do that, here's what we learn. Um, we learned that the problem in the churches of Galatia is this. Sometime uh, after Paul had been away, some Christians, ultra-conservative Jewish Christians, from Jerusalem came to Galatia, and they began visiting the churches of Galatia. It sounds as if they were claiming authority from the pillars in Jerusalem, that is, Peter, James, and John, those who were reputed to be pillars, as Paul calls them in uh, Galatians chapter 2, that they were claiming some authority from those pillars in Jerusalem to come to these churches and to tell the Gentile Christians that unless they get circumcised and keep the law of Torah, they, they cannot be saved. They cannot enjoy God's full blessing. They really aren't part of God's people, and thus they really aren't justified. And so the issue in Galatia has to do with very much the issue of the Old Testament law, Torah. Do, do Gentiles have to uh, convert to Judaism and keep the Torah in order to be part of God's people and order to be saved? That's at the heart of the backstory to the letter to Galatians. So here are these fairly new Gentile converts in fairly new churches in Galatia. There are Jews in these churches. There are Gentiles in these churches. And these from Jerusalem Jews show up and they begin traveling around to the cities and to meeting with the Christians in these very cities in Galatia. And they begin creating all sorts of religious and social pressure for these Gentile Christians to add Moses to Jesus. It's not purely just, oh, scrap Jesus and go to Moses. That's not really what it is. It's that, oh, no, Jesus is good and you need Jesus. And Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Christ. But if you really want to experience the blessing of Abraham and you really want to be part of the people of God, just believing in Jesus is not enough. You need to get circumcised. You need to keep the Sabbath. You need to obey the Torah, the, the Old Testament law. And it seems as if, as part of their spin, part of their persuasive appeal, they were uh, really running down Paul and saying, look, Paul is sort of this maverick. He doesn't always tell people the whole truth. He speaks out of both sides of his mouth. Sometimes he'll circumcise people. Sometimes he won't. Sometimes he'll, you know, say things that sound Jewish, and sometimes he doesn't. And you just can't ever get the whole story out of Paul. And really, Paul isn't the final say on the matter. Anyhow, it's these pillars in Jerusalem that ultimately uh, you got to listen to. And so you need to become a Jew in order to be part of God's people and to really be saved. 
That's the heart of it. And so the key issue in Galatia is a Christ plus Moses gospel. That is, you will not be able to enjoy the full benefits of being part of God's covenant people unless you have Moses too. Not just Moses, but Moses and Jesus, Moses plus Christ. And certainly, you know, for a faithful Jew, that made a lot of sense, right? Like the, for a faithful Jew, as part of their heritage and part of their customs, they're going to keep the, the law, and Paul had no problem with that. Paul, That's part of the reason Paul could be accused of speaking out of both sides of his mouth, because when with Jews, he did Jewish things. When with Gentiles, he did Gentile things. And that's what, you know, basically gave some place to this criticism that Paul spoke out of both sides of his mouth. And that's because Paul was a Jew, and he wasn't against uh, Jewish traditions and Jewish culture and Jewish customs for Jews. But when all of a sudden you mandate them as part of the gospel message, and you mandate them in order to be part of God's people and to be justified, at that point, Paul becomes incensed. And that's what's going on in Galatia. They are being told that their conversion is only like a half conversion. It's incomplete conversion. They're being treated like they're second-class citizens in God's kingdom. And for Paul, this is not a preference issue. This is a gospel issue. And so you'll find a lot of fiery rhetoric in the letter to Galatians because Paul is really upset by this. Now, as we hear that and we understand this situation behind the letter, um, what we come to realize is that Galatian legalism, when we speak about legalism in the book of Galatians, Galatian legalism is not simply works salvation. It's not simply being too works oriented, meaning like, you know, you're, you're, too, you're too into obedience and works. That's not Galatian legalism. It is at a popular level, sometimes spun that way, sometimes couched that way, but that's a misrepresentation and a misunderstanding. The issue in Galatia is not earning your salvation or working for your salvation. The issue in Galatia is the Old Testament law. Do you have to keep the Old Testament law in order to be saved? And immediately, we hear that in our modern cultural context, and more often than not, we're like, oh, well, that's just not our issue, and so we have a hard time maybe immediately resonating with the letter, and that's maybe some of the reason why we have too quickly turned it into an issue of work salvation. But let's not go there too quickly. Let's make sure we hear the letter on its terms before we try to make it speak to us today. The other thing I would say about that is increasingly in various places, the, the Galatian issue is a very real issue. Uh, I had a, a colleague of mine in ministry who very, uh, very recently, shortly before I started recording these, uh, this commentary on Galatians, visit a church in uh, California in the United States where he was confronted by a, a man who claimed to be a Jewish Christian who had visited every church in that town and had basically said the exact same thing to those churches that the these uh, false teachers were teaching in Galatians, uh, that they needed to keep the Torah and they needed to abide by the food laws and all the rituals that they could of the Old Covenant in order to be fully uh, participating members of the people of God. And if if 
Um, you weren't teaching that, then you weren't teaching the true gospel. That's the issue in Galatia, and we are seeing in places a resurgence of that. And Paul uh, goes to bat for the gospel very, um, very vigorously in the letters of Galatians because for him this is a serious issue. Um, the fact that Messiah has come means that the day of the Torah is done. Not that we can't learn from the Torah, not that it's not God's word to us, it means that it's done as the covenant uh, in which God's people are formed and found. And so the Torah, the Old Testament law, and the Old Testament itself is an important part of the biblical story. It's the, it's the, it's the beginning part of that story. We learn tons of things about the ways of God, the values of God, the actions of God from the Old Testament. It's just no longer the active covenant for the people of God today, and that's what Paul is going to argue in the letter to Galatians, and he's going to argue that very, very vigorously. The other thing I would say is, is that when you listen to what Paul says about this circumstance in Galatians, um, it does show up in some degree, or does at least move towards to some degree this idea of works salvation, although that's not really at the heart of the issue in Galatians. Paul wants us to be sure that it is by faith that people are justified, and it is a faith that trusts the Messiah and walks by the Spirit, and thus um, people are made holy by the Spirit's work in their life as they live in deep attachment with God. More on that when we get to Galatians chapter 5. And so Paul's not op opposed to works per se, um, and that's not what he's arguing against in Galatians. It's just that he's arguing against the works of Torah as necessary for Gentiles who want to be part of God's people. Um, and he points out in doing so that even Jews know that the Torah was incapable of justifying and that the Torah was incapable of helping people become the kind of people that God intended them to be, not because the Torah was bad, but because our flesh was bad, because we were fallen. So we needed regeneration. We needed the Spirit. All of that will get explained as we go through this commentary. But in, in brief, you just need to hear that now. So the situation in the letter to Galatians is that they are being told they have to become Jews in order to be part of God's people and be justified. Paul writes... Galatians with fiery passion to dispel this false notion, his clear rebuttal is Christ alone. Christ alone. Not Christ plus Moses, not Christ plus the law. Christ alone uh, is where justification is found. Christ alone is where the people of God are found. By faith in Christ alone is how we, we live now as God's people. Uh, we Our operating method is now trusting in Messiah and walking by the Spirit. It's Christ alone. And so Paul argues for this defense of the gospel with great passion here in the letter to Galatians, and he does so in such a way that it really is instructive to us about living by faith in Jesus. That's what Galatians is all about.